Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G. Standing six foot two, two hundred and ninety-two pounds. That's right, he put on five pounds. COVID was a bitch. No exercise for fourteen days. He, South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island. It's Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson, Maine. Also joining me in the Heidi Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gamers. Arthur, give a shout out. Arthur is in the living room. I lied, but what I'm not lying about is who my guest is here in the studio with me, virtually via Zoom from Dimension 20. It's Javon Thompson. What's up, shitheads? <laughs> hey, shitheads. <laughs> Welcome, Siobhan. Thank you so much for doing High and Mighty. Oh, you're so welcome. This is so fun. Um, you talked about the South Shore and it made me remember like, oh, I've been in your house. I've, oh, I've shit, been in your right. childhood house. <laughs> Holy shit. That, I am now remembering that as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> you shot a web series for MTV uh, called Strong Island. Yeah. With Strong me, Island. Yeah. Me and Justin Tyler made a web You series. and Justin Tyler. <laughs> and I played some creepy ghost. Yes. You played drama, thing. like a ghost child. We made like a, Nor- yes. a fake Norwegian horror movie. And yes. uh, you had, you know, a quite a Nordic look at the time with the blonde hair. Uh-huh. And we were like, perfect. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. I have not thought of that. Recently, another friend of mine that I, I've been like, following on social media we follow each other for like 15 years she was just like uh-huh. i just posted a picture of myself in my mom's house she's like damn i i remember crashing there on the couch and she was like the <laughs> art director of uh strong oh, island really? i was like you slept over one day i was like oh right we were all just like my dominating my mom's just house having, for five your days mom was being shit. so sweet she was like cleaning up after everybody and trying to give everybody food <laughs> yeah she's italian like, so that's she doesn't know anything into else a, uh, into a cut like <laughs> you look a little hungry uh have well, a sandwich we cast her as an extra at a party scene and uh uh-huh. 
Josh and Josh had or Vinny had to go up to her and be like, you can't just stare at John and smile. <laughs> like she was so happy <laughs> watching me do stuff that she was just like, so proud pretending, of you. Yeah, she's just staring at me in the distance. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I haven't thought about Strong Island in forever. Um, check that out. It's probably still on YouTube. We it's took 24 on, rounds. You know, these things move around. <laughs> yeah. I had one. Uh, uh, God, I can't even remember the name of it. What was what was the um, above Mother average? Above I had an average. above average series <laughs> that they paid me absolute dog shit for truly nothing. I think like less than minimum wage when all of my work was done. Uh, um, and then got an email like five years later, like because Comedy Central has bought this, you're getting also no money. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, so it's like I, somebody got money twice off. Not you, weirdly enough. Not the creator. Yeah. Strong Island was one of those things where we'll just get into the business weeds here. Uh, we wrote it as a TV pilot. They were like, we could concept it as a web series if you guys. And we we're uh -huh. like, oh, cool. We'll break up the pilot. And they're like, no, you guys should write original idea. So then we oh, write six God. five page scripts. And I, I shit you not. We're just making a web series to promote this idea, this pilot that we wrote. And uh -huh. we, uh, the shit we shot, like, for example, the dumb three-minute sketch we shot that you were in was like uh -huh. V.27. Like, they had us so many rounds of notes on Jesus a fucking way. And then when we edited it, they, we had like 20 rounds of editing. And it took no. us like a year and a half. Justin and I made eight, like $8,000 each over the course of like a full-blown year and a half. And by the time <laughs> it came out, the like the pickup deal on the pilot had expired. Like everything had no, gone, like the whole development on. team was new. And it was like, Why are you wow. doing notes on a web series, my <laughs> I, dude? The I, internet I, should be free of notes. It should at like, minimum. Like either yeah. pay me or let me make the thing. Right, don't, exactly. If you want to if you want to get in the notes, and then anti even fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Siobhan, I e I emailed you about doing the podcast because I know yeah. you're a, a fantasy head. You uh, you know, you yes. you're on a tabletop role playing game show. You yes. uh, read and listen to a lot of fantasy, and we've also previously uh, DM'd about listening to Wheel of Time. Yeah, I just had uh, 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 Jackie Jennings and Nicole Dressel on the podcast who host a Wheel of Time podcast. So I messaged you and was like. We love we might, Jackie Jennings. We love Nicole. It, we, they're great. Big fan over here as well. Uh, direct, uh, coached both of their improv teams separately and really oh, became cute. fans. Yeah, they. Uh, that's freaking cute. They're coming on, so I message you and I'm like, "Hey, anything fantasy besides Wheel of Time?" Because they're coming on to do Wheel of Time. And then when <laughs> they get on, I learn that their podcast is about the TV show. Nicole has never read anything. Jackie uh -huh. is not spoiling anything for Nicole, so we can't talk about the books. And I'm like, that, I messaged you right <laughs> away, and I was like, well, now we can talk about the books at least, and now I'm going to have two different Wheel of Time episodes come out in the same month. Yes. One about <laughs> eight hours of Catch TV up. content. You only have 800 hours of content to consume, and I then know. you can listen to this That's hour-long podcast. <laughs> you want to dip your toe into just eight hours of Amazon, or do you want to dip your toe into, <laughs> I think I'm on like, over 150 hours of reading oh, time. And I'm only on it's book It's ridiculous. <laughs> I just started the one um, that's co-written by Brandon Sanderson, the first Brandon Sanderson co-written one. Oh, because awesome. he just died <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he George R. R. Martin before George R. R. Martin. And 
Which, look, as as far as we know right now, George R. R. Martin is still alive. He could be stuffed. Nobody's yeah. heard from him. <laughs> yeah, no one's years. heard from him. Yeah, HBO is keeping him alive, like uh, with elect- electroshock, just to keep getting uh, potential series ideas from him. Yeah, they're like, they're like, he's lucid. Dream him for ideas <laughs> before he goes back under and starts dreaming of bacon berry soup or whatever the fuck that oh, <laughs> dumpy God. pervert is into. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the Song of Ice and Fire when I read it. I love the series when it came out, but nothing uh-huh. connected more than after reading the series and it's all disgusting eating and fucking and then you see yes. what George R. R. Martin looks like and you're like, "Oh, yes. yeah, of course." Yes, let's do absolutely. It. Absolutely. Wow, you're the platonic ideal of a high fantasy writer. Yeah, you're a, you you're what I imagined a uh, hungry pervert would look like. Yes, and it's cla- down to the to- weird hat. If yes. you're a high fantasy writer, you have to have a a hat that is specific to you. Like Terry Pratchett always wore a wizard's hat. Um, which is delightful to me. Yeah, I mean, I I'm going for the beard fantasy writer. Uh, look, yes, the Sa- the Sanderson, the uh, uh, who else has a big one? I think Joe Abercrombie has one. Um, uh, Philip, what's his face? The name Pete. of the wind guy. Oh, uh, shit! This will come to me. The God name damn of the wind. Uh, Two people who. Oh, I lo- I love those books too. Bad memories. Yeah, I have. I've Rothless. Br- Patrick Rothfuss. Patrick Rothfuss. Yes. Good work. Yes. Come on. Yes. Good work. <laughs> Another great fantasy series. Um, yes. I'm stoked on getting to the Sanderson stuff because I'm a big Sanderson fan. I love yeah, the Stormlight really, archives. Uh, I haven't read all of the Sanderson, but I really love the Mistborn books. I li- just listened to the Mistborn books and loved them. I That's the ones I, the, that's the ones. I read a lot, so that's how you know I speak good English. <laughs> the most yes. New York sentence. Yes, that's we, the ones we read a lot, I haven't got. We read to. absolute fucking garbage. Yeah. The books that your parents see you read, and it's like, that's going to rot your brain. Why I've been are you reading, reading the same bit? shit since I was like fucking 12. And, uh, same. And look, I try. I try to read other stuff. I think it's important. Like every now and again, it's like, I'm a writer. I should be reading things that are not just about kids with swords <laughs> right well especially and i try and then i get like 20 pages in and i'm like it's so boring dude you're stumbling upon something here so uh i'm sure a lot of people are tired of me talking about this listeners but it's relatable i was <laughs> a great reader my whole childhood a great uh-huh. reader in new york like yes. new york I, I powering through books in new york city and then when i moved to california and when i moved to los angeles my i realized i did most of my reading on the subway and while yeah. waiting for stuff like in the city, killing yeah. time in between. And I'm like, fuck, I never read now. I, I didn't I read, read for a long time. I only listen to audiobooks now pretty much. Yeah, um, it's the easiest way to get them in, to get books in. I still try to read yeah. a book, but it takes me forever. It takes and me forever. And I give up a lot. I'll oh. re- like get halfway through a book and then suddenly I haven't read it for a month and I'm like, Guess I stopped reading that book. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a sign. It's <laughs> maybe I subconsciously don't want to read this book if I have right. not finished it in a month. Uh, that's where I got back into fantasy and specifically audiobooks. Was I was like, okay, I know what I do like to read, and now I just uh-huh. need to get myself reading. So yes. I I bought uh, the Stormlight Archives, which was something that came highly recommended to me pre before I read it powered Um, through like three of those books and it it reinvigorated me for fantasy but i still haven't read another fantasy so now i listen to fantasy and try to read some nonfiction every once in a while but i still 
I'll just I'd rather sit with my headphones on. <laughs> like I like yeah, lay down on like, my do couch and jigsaw puzzle and <laughs> right <laughs> listen to thirty two hours of a book. Yeah. Oh, and uh, off what we're talking about the my entry into fantasy writing when I was a kid, uh, pre Lord of the Rings, I mm-hmm. I fell in love with the Drizzt books, the Dark Elf books, and the Forgotten Realm series by R. A. Salvatore. There's now like twenty four. There's like oh, eight okay. trilogies about him. I fell in love when I was like 11 or 12 when I read the first book and Uh I read them. I read like several trilogies and then kind of fell off. And then recently I was uh, training for a half marathon back into audio books. And I was like, oh, I should listen to all of the Drizzt books again. I read all them. Uh It'd be fun to re-listen to them. I listened to 24 books and I was humiliated about how simple, (laughs) how basic, how repetitive they were. And I was like, I can't believe this was what I was soaking my brain in for like, I know. I, still I enjoyable. I was really into the, the David Eddings books around that time and they are trash. And also I think, I'm pretty sure it came out that those people are like really bad people. Yeah. <laughs> that, <that's> how- <laughs> that David Eddings is like a sexual abuser or something. Oh, really bad. It's uh, a bad things time. to put in your brain. But, um, look, nobody was stopping me. My parents were just like, she's reading. That's fine. Yes, Enough. that's all that matters. <laughs> she doesn't have friends, but she does have books. And and, and that's that's what matters. Books will be. Yes. And then your parents are like, she's such a studious reader. Yes, she's yeah. reading stuff that will not help her and act, argue. <laughs> and now then look at your career and what you're doing yes. for work. <laughs> I am fantastically well read for like a 17 year old. Yeah. And it does, it does help for my work. Cause I have a lot to draw from. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, any, I, it's listening to the Drizzt books really rem- I was like, man, these are childish. Then I was like, Wait, you're four, you're 39 now. You like these a right. lot when you were 12. Of course right. they were childish. Of course they're childish. It's like reading a Ghostbugs book. Yeah. They're like <laughs> and very good for the age you are. And uh they 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 really are like they feel weird like it felt like revisiting, but it did make it very easy, you know what I mean? It felt like yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, it's like especially ha- re-listening to something I read already where I'm like, wait, is this where he meets Belwar Disengulp, the uh, deep gnome? And then all of a sudden it's like, he's there and it's like my my body washes with nostalgia. I'm like, I can't believe the name Belwar Disengulp was buried in my head somewhere. Like, it's an insane name. (laughs) Now we're uh, stumbling on something that's a huge part of reading fantasy that is uh, arguably untenable for a lot of people. The proper nouns. The proper nouns are... Fucking brutal. <laughs> they're awful, and they're also like I'm pretty dyslexic, so I and like saying them out like you don't say them out loud when you're reading them. No. So often I'll just have the image of the name in like place of the sound of their name in my brain. Dude, wait, you're you're saying something that I. I start to see the proper nouns in fantasy as symbols. And I'm like, menzo berenzin. That's just like 11 syllable word. But I know that that and I I start to see them like their iconography. It's funny because I I go through the exact same thing. And then 
then when you listen to it, it activates the name. And now, like, right. it's not the same. I can't process it the same as I can when I see it, even though I never say it out loud. But for yes. someone who's dyslexic, it's probably or has dyslexic tendencies, it's probably pretty. E- it's a little easier to listen to. Yes. I also think that, like. Just that there were so many points in my childhood where I I thought that somebody like, you know, the classic Hermione, like Herm- Hermione for sure that until I saw Hermione the movie. for yep. like three books. Same. And then somebody's like, and I'm, it's Hermione, I'm older you than fucking you. I, moron. I think I was reading it as an adult. Like I'm like not the right age. Like I'm too old to have uh-huh. gotten into I got into Harry Potter in my twenties. And I uh-huh. was like, Hermione, and like kids were like, <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, embarrassing well, we're, we're talking all kinds of fantasy right now but specifically i want to talk wheel of time because this is sort of like a famous homework fantasy of yes. uh high fantasy anglo fantasy heads um it's legendary that it's 14 books and i i'm currently on book eight and they it, they move really slow and not in They're a way so where slow. you're like they go into such rich detail it's like People just drag their feet on every they, decision. Yeah, in, in, there's a lot of like, <laughs> I guess we'll chase these people who who kidnapped somebody for two months and we'll hear about every minute detail. Yes. It's like, all right, of, we've by the end of book one, you've met like 14 characters. In book yes. two, there's 24 characters. In book three, yes. there's 30. And then they keep splitting and adding people. Yes. So now, like, and everybody gets a POV. Like, there's, yes. there's, there's POV from every single person, which is interesting, but it does fatten those books out that you've got to get inside every single person's head. An example now, we're going to get into some, some spoiler territory. Uh, Comparing this to the show, talking about some of the stuff that happens in the books, uh, yes. and also, uh, arguably, Siobhan may accidentally spoil stuff for me because she's six books ahead. But that does not affect me because my, I can't <laughs> well, hold I anything that's happening. That, like, it's it. I don't remember anything that happened in the previous books. I don't know what happened in what book. They, they've just that's what I was going to get at. I remember me. events, but I don't they've remember been a where. Great, like, oh shit, Omicron is happening, like thing because it just like it just keeps me through the day <laughs> it just ke- it's very it's i got in when i'm walking the dog i'm uh, running yeah. errands i got a showers bluetooth speaker yeah. I'm, I'm constantly powering through great. pages at 1.1 speed i will cop to that i don't wow. usually i speed up never speed up podcasts i will speed up uh, a slow reader on an audiobook to see if it and 1.1 is like Arguably, one point one is nothing. It's it's but nothing. It adds up when you're listening to hundreds yes, and hundreds of saying. hours of if you, content. Yes, if you can go ten percent faster when you're listening to a forty-four hour book, yes. it really knocks some time yes. off. <laughs> this is like War and Peace is nothing. War, War and Peace is one of these books. I know, and and I'll use a specific example of something. Uh, a friend of the show, my friend Mark Rennie, I I was like. Oh, I'm finally listening to the Wheel of Time books. He's like, yeah, I read the first few. And I'm like, I read the first few in my 20s, gave uh-huh. up on it, and now I'm back listening. And he was like, "Did is Perrin okay with his wolf stuff yet? And I'm like, you know what? I'm on book four, and he's still <laughs> like, he's still not harnessed. Like, it's it's a fantasy novel. I It's a little too much like, I don't know what that is in me that's giving me yellow eyes and making me yes. snarl and howl at the moon. It's like... 
Motherfucker, oh, you got on. a wolf skill here. <laughs> come on, dude. They, I feel like they dropped the wolf stuff a little bit with Perrin, and that makes me a little sad. Like, I wanted him to have more, like, wolf dream stuff. And, yeah. Like, they really still let him... Just, like, go live with the wolves for a little bit, and instead he's, like, being a general and shit, and I'm like... Yeah. I don't care for that. I want more. In, by book eight, you. he's still just going, she smells angry. Like, because yes. he, he's. In I, book 11, spoiler alert, he's still going, she smells angry. <laughs> Yo, all right. While we're talking, uh, sh- while, while we're using the pronoun she uh, and referring to the Wheel of Time books. Yes. Is there a writer who has less of an understanding of interpersonal heterosexual dynamics oh, than boy. Robert and- Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> also, every single time he introduces a woman, he tells you if they're pretty or not. And he doesn't use any adjective but pretty. It's pretty. She was pretty in this kind of a way. If she didn't do this thing, she could have been pretty. That, that There's no, like, like, maybe one person is beautiful. Maybe, like, Lanvier, he says. Is yeah, Lanvier or more gays. But, like, more he never... More gays, maybe. <laughs> you're, but, like, you're... everybody else is pretty, including, like... 300 year old women yeah he's got a little bit of a cop-out because he uses the the kids perspective like the 20 something yes rand parent matt who are not you know fully developed adults when the book starts For sure so he gets but into sometimes their head it's like i'm pretty sure we're in swan sanchez perspective who is a like a right. respected Aes <laughs> Yeah, a female intellectual thought leader. Yes, and, and she's she, like... <laughs> why is she going, this person Homely in a manly way. You know, it's like always right. some like... Lo- and the descriptions of female cleavage and decolletage is upsetting. Yes. And then the real upsetting shit is like... Man, women don't understand anything men are ever trying to talk. Oh, men are so confusing. Women are men are yes. stupid. Women are confusing. And, and I it's feel weird like to it's read Robert as an Jordan adult. Being <laughs> like, I'm stupid and women are confusing. Um, That's and fair. <laughs> any excuse to get women naked. Yes. Women get naked all the time. Men never get naked. I no. wonder if they'll do that in the show. I feel like no. Having I only watched the first couple of episodes of the show. Um, I, I, they'll I, they'll have to show there. There was not real any real nudity in the season. Yeah, which is, it didn't. It seemed like it was a lot of very tasteful. Like they're naked, but they're kneeling in such a way, yeah. like a little light blanket around. Yeah, uh, weird how the pool that they're both in goes up to. Exactly her breasts exactly and exactly nipples, his yes. junk, and they are completely yes. different heights. Like yes. I love that movie making <laughs> where it's like, "Hey, how are you showing his whole torso, and she's only up to her clavicles?" Interesting, <laughs> interesting. The PG thirteen pool turns out. Yes, <laughs> uh, the, it's infuriating, and it is a kids' book. Like they are children, yes. and but there's it's a little. It's not horny. It's not sexual. It's just no. con- it is horny the way like 13-year-old boys are. Like and she has big boobs and a sword. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like big boobs and, and a sword. Her clothes are kind of see-through. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could have three wives. 
dude. Okay. And then that was going to be what I want to talk about. And then there, there's this thing like so much of high fantasy is like created by Mormons. Uh, yes. Weird, weird parallels for some reason. Weird. <laughs> Couldn't yes. imagine why the people who grew up studying Mormonism might be into high fantasy. Yes. <laughs> But they are, and it's frequently like, oh, right, they're Mormons. Like when you're reading right. Twilight or whatever. This is yes. literally got like Rand, the Dragon Reborn. He's like Jesus meets uh, Frodo meets Gandalf meets every. He's like every hero archetype rolled into one. But he also has three potential wives. <laughs> yes, like, and they're like, on. I guess we could all marry him. I guess we're fine. I guess we can just all do it. Uh, he must have been Robert Jordan must have been cranking it when he came up with the ideal Absolutely tradition of multiple wives. Cranking it. <laughs> He's like, oh, and then but- Rand is an ideal, so he could fuck. We can have three. It is a fun way to have three female characters be attached to the main character, but also yes. I have friends that are women. <laughs> that are yes. I have close personal friends that are women and a wife. I feel yes. like if you want to tell a story it's about allowed. <laughs> yeah. It it's also like that that thing of like, well, we'll make the Aiel the women propose to the men. And that makes it equal. That yeah, exactly. Then it's okay. <laughs> then and it's then- okay. But if you are a spear sister, you do have to leave if you're married. But And then there's eleven books where uh Avienda and Elaine are like struggling with the idea of both being in love with Rand. It's like Yes. They're like it's become it's affecting their friendship. It I don't I don't give a fuck about I I understand the high fantasy always wants to give you everything but yes. I am okay with like a sort of sexless like political violent book like that is like a thing like we can yes. we can just make that like if you're doing children's shit it gets weird when you're doing kitty stuff and then also some light sexuality it starts to get a right. little <laughs> It gets into that YA thing of like two people are fighting over me Oh, which one do I choose? Which is maybe great when you're 14. Which again, maybe we should have been reading these books. When yeah, we were oh, agreed. And, we are too old. Just... Too. We should be reading uh, how to lower the ocean's temperature books exclusively. Oh, but... <laughs> somebody, somebody smarter than us can do that. I no, thought... we need to get the the mistress of the sails, and we need to get the uh, knitting circle get together. The bowl the ki- of the wind. Get the bowl and... of the wind. <laughs> I, I don't know who this episode of my podcast is for, but uh, someone somewhere is cheering about the ball of the wind. One, one Just person us roasting these books that we continue to listen to. That I have full intentions of finishing, and there's oh yeah, four... I'm absolutely going to finish these books. I'm all in. I'm behind on podcasts. I'm just Same. powering through. I'm behind on well, a lot of stuff. I keep telling myself I'm going to get <laughs> yeah, done. I'm, I'm behind on actual real work that I should <laughs> yeah. be doing because I'm like fuck. God, this book goes back to the library in three days. I guess I gotta listen to it for twelve hours a day. And my poor wife has been stuck in my house with me for two and a half years. Oh and no! I'm frequently, like, all right, I'm gonna do the dishes, and then I put like, uh, you know, a path of daggers is like on full <laughs> volume, and she, Pat and Fane was hunting him through the fuck. Fa- and Tiffany's like, what the fuck is all this? I'm like, I'm, I'm. I'm so embarrassed. I oh, I went met a friend for to go hiking the other day, and I was like uh-huh. blasting 
uh, <laughs> I had my windows <laughs> down because it was beautiful drive up Griffith Park, yes. and the wind made me turn up my radio. My radio was blasting <laughs> Wheel of Time. I pull into a, <laughs> I pull into the parking lot, windows down, sunroof open, Wheel of Time cranking out of my speakers. I drive past like four. 20 somethings like four late teens and they're oh, like I, they literally i'm like these guys are gonna give me a fucking wedgie when i get out of the car they were like <laughs> what the fuck i heard them being like what was that because i pull in and it's like the white cloaks have the uh the <laughs> sean chan surrounded it's like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's so, it Boy. is so humiliating there's something about high fantasy about fantasy hearing it out of context or hearing someone yes. talk about it feels like overhearing your parents talk about fucking or this is something we can uh, uh, relate to or an improv team talking about scenes they like. Oh my God. Yeah. Hearing about somebody else's D and D game. Yes. Yeah. Just like, and then we, the cat person jumped in through the window. Yeah. Mike is the funniest rogue. Dude. Helps them to not die. Yeah. And like, then Jeff, okay, man. his vampirism actually helped us in that moment. How sick is that? It's like, yeah, I he's have a vampire called Jeff. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff's the character's name. It's G E O F F, like they would have spelled it in the fake With time. Like three apostrophes in there. Yeah, they are Karen Khan. Uh, um, and they, the thing I like about fantasy is. I think part of what I like about what got me into improv too was uh -huh. and sketch and all that. It's like the world building shit. And like, yes. if this is true, then what else is true? And I, for sure. And then specifics, which are like the nitty gritty of fucking like, if you're a high fantasy writer, you just have to sit and be like, okay, I need 1,000 proper nouns for this book. I, and yes. I get to fabricate all of them. All of them. And then I guess have a whiteboard just filled with random nonsense names. Oh my god! Yeah, you're like, oh, I'll hold on to that. And it's like, oh, we already used the nook nook. But that is my like platonic ideal of a book. If I go into a bookshop and there's a map in the front and a glossary in the back, hell yeah, that's the sweet spot for me. I love it's a glossary because I can never. I, I'm so bad with names. I'm like in my real life, and when I'm reading, I'm like, I don't know who this is. But you got a little glossary, and it's like, oh yeah, this is the third cousin of the sister of the guy who did the thing in the first page. It's like, oh, great, thank you so much. To, a little bit, uh, Wheel of Time helps you a little bit, but it also muddies the book a little bit. Where it'll be like, yeah. Pat and Fane, remember him? He was the dark. For, like they like, yeah. like they try to narratively remind you who they yes. are, like a previously on. But it the, like the eventually <laughs> makes like, okay, now I know who he is. Let's move. Let's get him moving. Let's get him moving. Yeah. Uh, it's Gibris here to talk about gummies, uh, specifically delicious mushroom gummies and not those kind of mushrooms, the adaptogen kind, the kind from plant people that have already sold out twice and is finally back in stock. It tastes amazing and it really does work and it's really not hard to incorporate eating two gummies into your day. I know I've been promoting Wonder Day for a few months now, but it's part of my wellness routine that I look forward to. It tastes really good. So, you know, trying to find habits to maintain, it's pretty easy if one of them is eating two Wonder Day mushroom gummies, the world's first mushroom multi that combines the power of 10 research-backed adaptogenic mushrooms, including lion's mane, reishi, and shaga, and craveably chef crafted pre-dose gummies so good they've sold out twice we dare you to eat just two a day it is kind of hard kind of want to eat a handful every time or at least have two more right after you have two you know 
People have said that it lifts their mood, helps them think clearer. Uh, they feel more consistently balanced. They're sleeping better. I can guarantee that the wild raspberry flavor really does taste like Swedish fish, and it surprises me. So 10 research-backed mushrooms. You've heard of all of these mushrooms. Now they're all together in one gummy. Lion's mane, shaga, reishi, cordyceps, maitake, turkey tail, all of that, all 100% vegan, USA cultivated mushroom, blah, 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 all you know, third-party lab tested. Happiness 100% guaranteed. Love them or get your money back. Go to try.plantpeople.co slash mighty to get 15% off your first order with code mighty. That's T-R-Y dot P-L-A-N-T-P-E-O-P-L-E dot C-O slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Love feeling wonderful or your money back. Winter is already a time when I stay indoors, <laughs> even in LA, <laughs> you know, just you get feel inspired to not do much, but that doesn't mean I'm not busy or that I want to like cook long meals all day. Uh, and sometimes I don't have time to meal plan or prep. And that's what factor meals do for me. Factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24 seven with fresh, never frozen prepared meals that are so delicious. You wouldn't believe they're actually good for you. Uh, they deliver chef crafted meals to my doorstep. Each factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. They tackle the tough stuff so you don't have to. They, you know, registered dietitians, expert chefs, 29 meal options each week. They they offer vegan, veg, veggie, keto, low-cal, cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant-based bars, extra protein, veggie sides, and more to keep me fueled all and focused all day long. Uh I really like their low uh, – they have smoothies that are like low in sugar. I don't know how they do it. Maybe it's like monk fruit extract or something. But it gives you a little hit of that like delicious tropical smoothie without annihilating you with like 40 milligrams – 40 grams of sugar first thing in the morning. So go to go.factor75.com slash mighty120 and use code mighty120 to get $120 off. That's code mighty120 at go.factor75.com slash mighty120 for $120 off. How are you enjoying it like on on versus other fantasy? Because I, I keep getting recommended more fantasy that I want to read and like, and I've read other stuff that I really like even more. But there's part of me that feels like I've set on this path and I won't be. I know. I'm I'm enjoying the epic of it. I'm, yes. I'm excited to see how it ends. It's like reading a history in the way that um, Game of Thrones is as well, but just like less. It's like it bridges the gap between Game of Thrones and like something that has... And like, like a textbook. Rules. Because yeah. <laughs> people can die, like people, like there's there's some of that like historical shit that George R. R. Martin used of like, yeah, somebody can just trip and fall in a puddle and then they're fucking dead. Yeah. And and there's um, some good there's some good politics stuff here in uh like arching where you're like in the story where you're like, oh I they they have to cleanse the evil from the White Tower, like you know where yes. you're like, and this is something that's going to be the told White over Tower four books. The bit that I enjoy the most, I think, like that oh, that I'm cool. very invested in. Um, where where is Egwene in at the point that you're at right now? Egwene is 
leading the rival faction of Aes Sedai that have been that left the tower after they stilled uh, Swanche. Great. And now, um, but they've unstilled them with uh, Nynaeve's he- healing. Uh, Agu- got it. Egwene is one of those characters that I think has been like barely in the last couple of books I read. We've, I've been really digging in on Nynaeve, Avienda, and Elaine, and then this yes, one. Yes, and then Egwene has been off with the wise ones. Egwene in the next couple of books has some really cool shit. Oh, that's aw- well. Now. While while we're talking cool shit, this is what I really like about this series, and this is what I like about uh-huh. most well most broad fantasy series is yeah you 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 meet some main characters in the first book or early on in the book if we're using a one book analogy, sure. uh, they all get scattered, get their own problems, but then yes. when they come back, for us D and D heads. They've gained a bunch of levels, got their magical uh-huh. items. They've got their kit yes. all set up. They've spells are memorized. Their skills have been added. <laughs> a couple of random friends, like a thief catcher and a bard, and like you just ever. And then you just know eventually everyone's going to get back together with all of their. Like it's like I'm Matt is the one who's the most intriguing to me right now because he I I, yes. I I like gambling and I kind of like his angle of like he doesn't real he's learning martial arts without understanding it or whatever like yes he just has these memories that like they're like muscle memory almost of like i guess i just am i know how to be a general (laughs) okay (laughs) sure i guess i i'm the best general in the world and then you're like looking Um, forward to everyone getting back where you're like like yes for me as like a, a a history uh war nerd and fantasy nerd like perrin gathering some two rivers people in like books six and seven and they have a longbow that no no other no other people can really draw with the exception of the two rivers people and it's like to me that is like when we're in book 14 which i hear the final book which i hear is a fully the entire book is a battle and it's like Uh you know there's going to be the two the two rivers longbowmen are going to be Uh like no shooting further than any man can believe and it's like the mistress (laughs) of the sails you know like everyone's going to be bringing their skill and like that's the shit i look so forward to yes i fully have like my hair is standing up. Yes, just, like, I've got goosebumps. About it. Like goosebumps. Uh, we were just roasted. We just so roasted cool. it. We just roasted it for twenty four <laughs> minutes and then got goosebumps about the big final battle. <laughs> <laughs> what a but, bunch of fucking dweebs! Oh, such. A dwe- uh, but no, I do love it. I I have always thought like, oh, it'd be so fun to run a D anD D game like that, where you start off with like ten people playing, but then you break it off into it would have to be like D&D is my job level stuff because it it would be so hard <laughs> which is to keep not track you, of everything for the record it, <laughs> it is me but i just play i just show up and have right. fun with my friends for 8 hours if you need a line um, producer to figure out the scheduling of your D&D game, you're, you're yes. putting a little too much effort. If you're like, okay, so now we're taking the Shadow Twins and so-and-so Great. so these the- guys, so, okay, <laughs> you just get, like, a, an invite by Crow. Like, you are invited to play D&D on this time at this date. Dude, You'll see I- who you're playing with. You'll see... 
pitch this up the food chain at Dimension 20 for viewers. If you can tune back in and it, this episode is just two of them off on there, uh, just two of you guys off on an event, two players doing that could build that out like that. that that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> we'll delete all this cool. and uh, uh, you'll I'll, be uh, I'll pitch it. I'll pitch it. I'll pitch it. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think I've never DM'd and I don't know if I should. It feels like I am so bad with specifics like i'm much i'm like a big picture guy you know <laughs> um or I, like i can't like, DM i'm good either. at jokes and i'm good at the big picture stuff when you get down to like okay let's stat out this bad guy oh god yeah. i've been the dm so many times by default in later years because I'm just like, I really want to play D and D and it's not the same for me to play as a DM. So, but when I like, I opportunities are few and far like, Hey, we would love to do a D and D game. I'm like, Oh fuck. I guess I'm DMing for like five people who don't know really how to play, but yes. anything just to get a little sniff, just to get a taste. Yeah, you, get, you, know? you get that taste. Just give me that taste. Uh, well, I like that. You said the tower shit is the most appealing to you. One of the coolest, what, well, other cool stuff I like from these books. I love the the idea of warders. Like they're very very yes. cool. They're yes, like that somebody who's attached to you, who you feel their emotions. And some who, of them are platonic, and some of them are romantic. Like I, yes. I, it feels so weirdly specific. And then the specific warders are sort of like, if I could use D and D terminology, are sort of like rangers that in their great warriors, but they're yes. good in the woods and they have their color changing and they have cloaks. Those, those cloaks. Yes. Oh, <laughs> so cool. And I was let down when we meet Lan in the game of Thrones TV series. Like I have yes. him built up in my head to be like C- Cecil from uh final fantasy two with like long hair <laughs> and like a big sword. And the actor was, he did a good job, but I dreamed of Lan as like almost a, you know, forest barbarian more than a sort of sleek, cool Asian guy. I did not love the the two episodes that I watched. Um, I felt like I was talking to my mom about it because my mom is the person that got me into all of this shit. And then we watched the first two episodes in um, over Christmas. And it just felt like, they made some changes that are gonna bite them on the ass like 18 books down from now. They made a lot. They made so many. And if you get, if you finish the series, you're going to be like, wait, they've eaten, they've eaten like two books lunch already. Like it's so weird how fast they powered, like the shit that they leapt to already. So crazy. And just like stuff like, like even stuff like, I mean, there was one that was like, Oh, only women can use the source, which is like, you're not doing side in and side R. That's crazy to me. That's like what the whole of the books are about. I know. But then I think, I think they're like going to flip that. Matt's I think dad wasn't a horse trader. No, which, they because like horses are such a big deal for like eight books for this. For the- Yes. Like it, it's really important that Matt's dad is a horse trader because it's the only skill that is actually his. Right. That he hasn't gotten from his like either his luck or his weird memories from previous lives. Right, right. Horse also horses play such in a huge role. More so than any other fantasy novel I've read. Yeah. They are everyone they've referenced the horse by name, their skill set, Perrin's love of stepper, so and so's love of uh, Land's love of Mandarb. You like hear about the horses. Yes. The fact that I know the horses names is crazy. I know the horses names. Pip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, they took that away. They made Matt's family like alcoholics. So I, yes, I, I kind of see what they did with, and then they made they gave Perrin his pacifist energy the hardest way possible by having him yes. kill his girlfriend in the pocket. Kill, yeah, kill his wife. Which you know, I I don't love it when they give a character's backstory is his wife is dead. Like oh, yeah. she has, you barely meet her. She has no power over anything. Oh, and you're then, preaching to the choir here. I, I host a podcast called Action Boys, where every 70s uh, and 80s movie just has a main character who's like, well, my wife has been raped and murdered. It's time to yes. go kill people for doing that. And then after yes. he kills people, you're supposed to go, that's much better. That's now much you're better. Now, a woman has still been raped it. and murdered, but at least yes. your energy is resolved. <laughs> and then the other, like the flip side of that is the woman who's like, oh, she's a strong, badass woman. Why could that be? Because she was raped. Right, and then yeah. she got strong because she was raped. It's like, that, or, there are she, other reasons. Dude, Maybe she's just strong. Some people are just strong. Yeah, or, like, no or raised by their I dad. No matter how much I work out, I will always be weak. Yeah. And there's nothing that I can do about <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that. Some people are just born very strong. Right. Yeah, the, the other uh, backstory for a badass female is always like, raised by her dad, a warrior. Oh, and her God, mom, you know, out like in she, the woods. Yeah, exactly. Her dad was abusive, and that's what made her strong. Yeah. Dad was a bad dad. Mom was dead. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like the Hannah story and a lot yes. of other fantasy. Um, Another I, thing that I watched one episode of. Oh, I, I watched two seasons of it. I, I enjoyed Hannah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I like uh, Joel Kinnaman a lot. Like, he does it for oh, me. Oh, yeah, you're a Joel Kinnaman head. He was yeah. great in The Killing. I really loved That's where I fell in, in love with him because my wife was working at AMC at the time. So we uh -huh. fell in love with him at The Killing. And then I kind of followed him to a bunch of other stuff, including uh -huh. some really bad shit like Ro the <laughs> Suicide Robocop. Squad. <laughs> oh, God, Robocop. <laughs> yeah. yeah he remade robocop i mean he didn't fire your agent king fire your freaking agent <laughs> yes please <laughs> yes yes please uh so warders is something i really like i yes. i really like uh i really like i don't know where matt's gambling is going you know i'm like i'm yeah i'm into that angle though where he's currently having although i think i'm halfway through book eight and we haven't even heard from matt who i according to the summary i quickly reread because uh -huh. i can't remember what happens to anything he's trapped under a wall after looking for oliver like i'm in the i'm in the peak <laughs> yes. of like he's the in ebudar right after the sean chan have invaded yes yes exactly. there's a lot of matt stuff i'm in i'm in the depths of matt stuff right now oh cool cool i'm in the depths of perrin and morgay's on in her disguise i've just yes met uh wherever he's going to squash the the prophet uh and the the people the dragon yes. supporters yeah yes got yeah. it there's a lot of names like morgay's mogadine uh, uh brigitta there's, there's too many there's a lot there's, yeah there's they, there's, they spend again i do like they keep calling like the thing they always do in the books i'm but and I'm getting over it. It's like book eight. It's like Rand. I mean, the dragon reborn. It's like, Perrin, <laughs> it, like, come on, man. Get, figure it out or just be wrong. I'm so tired of hearing mini yes. corrections. Yeah. <laughs> I did love going back way back to like book one, book two. Like book one is sort of your classic magical farm boy. Um, yeah. It's a trope. We know it. Do we love it? it, it when it's done, right? Um but then the, just the concept of Sidene being 
Sidine, Sidar, I don't remember which one. I forget which. which one's which, but I think Sidine. Uh, being corrupted. Yeah. And like, oh, you can be magical. You're going to go mad. Right. So what Siobhan's talking about fun. is the women, only women can touch the source or touch the power, which is using magic in this world. Yes. The men who have in the past have gone mad. And I do like how they explain it. It's like men can be more powerful, but they have less control and like go. And so they've eliminated it from the bloodline of men, more or less, by stealing anyone who comes up with it or killing them or uh, imprisoning them over generations or and men begin hiding it if they do feel it and stuff. So that's a very cool sort of power dynamic shift but by book four it's like and men can channel now too motherfucker yeah <laughs> like, i mean oh. the, the, end, cool the end of the world is coming fucking let just just let men channel it'll be fine if they there, go mad nobody there's something nobody to there's something to uh the powerful people in the in the books being ageless women who yes. are very smart and have agency and then yes. every character that interacts with him goes, don't trust these cunts, these motherfuckers. They'll do any Like, it's immediately undercut. Like, everyone they is like. They say they can't lie, but they can. They yeah, just twist exactly, their words. Exactly. It's like, they're still women. They're still scumbags. It's like, okay, okay. We've established this ruling class of powerful women. And now yes. every character that interacts with them is like, fuck them. Don't trust them. It's like, wait, wait, wait. It's such a beautiful thing of like, ah, the White Tower, interesting, yes. powerful female ruling class. Oh, everybody hates them and is mistrustful of them. Oh, and they're like, most of them are low-key, self-centered freaks. Okay, great. Yes, great. <laughs> Perfect. They're just doing their little weird inter-Nicene battles and, <laughs> right. oh, the greens don't talk to the reds. The I, I, love shit, I love shit like that, too, where... We yes. we learn about Aes Sedai in book in early on in the books, and you're like, that's a very cool concept. And then you learn yeah. that amongst the Aes Sedai there are delineations, and you're like, oh hell yeah. I yes. love I love new info. Like a full fantasy novel could take place exclusively within the world of the White Tower. Just about oh, Aes Sedai. Yeah. Just Yeah, you wouldn't have to go outside of that at all. Like you could do a full fun trilogy that's just the White Tower. Yeah. It would be like a way less fun Harry Potter. Like a way less fun yes. Hogwarts, more or less. That's Hogwarts much more for crunchy. <laughs> I just listened to all of Brandon Sanderson's um he has a bunch of lectures on writing science fiction and fantasy. Oh shit. Um, that's that are on we YouTube. That are house. Yeah. Great. Okay. Because he teaches at BYU. Because oh. he's a Mormon. All oh, right. <laughs> so they just put all of those lectures online. Um, but they're great. And he also just has the assumption that's like, if you're in this class, you will have read the basics. Like you will have read Tolkien and Dune and, and Terry Pratchett and um oh, yeah. George R. R. Martin. And if you haven't read all of them, you will have read at least enough of them. Yeah, to get the um, sort of... I, and There's such strong tropes within the genre that if you get to half the required reading, you you can really... If that, then what else is right. true? What else happens in these books? Exactly. But one of the things that he talks about is onboarding, um, which is like getting people on board with your world, um, which was like, oh, yes, this is this is the shit I love. This is the crunchy fucking shit that I love. Well, um, it combines it combines like the idea of fantasy and the idea of cre- creating, which is what yes. as comedy writers and shit we are like that like that appeals where you're like, yeah, you gotta teach them the game slowly, then you can make the huge game moves or exactly. the huge Yeah. Which is why a lot of like intro fantasy or like YA fantasy is based in schools. 
because right. you can you're learning along with this character you're harry potter under the stairs and then you're like oh right. i guess this is what this spell does so when they do that spell later i'll remember it because i'm a good student and you can like it won't be bad writing to have a character just explain something to the main character of like, no, but you sh- you can't actually combine polymorph juice and blank or what you know what I mean like right that, because that then, would seem like, cliche you'll turn anywhere into a else cat for three months right right but in a, in but, a book, like that's yeah. so different from that to like the Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin that's just like essentially like an anthropological study of a world that doesn't exist. <laughs> With, like, not that much story. She's just like, this is the world. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's so fucking wild. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I haven't read that one. That one. I... Oh, it's, it is great. It's somewhat of a slog, at least at the beginning. But the world building is amazing. Oh. I love Ursula Le Guin. She's great. I love, like, uh, Sanderson's other books that I love, the Stormlight Archives. Uh, uh-huh. Those ones I haven't read. Ooh, but maybe think, I'll read them after this in eight years when I finally. Well, that's the other books. thing too is that uh, uh, friends keep recommending me books. It's like, oh, you got to get this, and I'm like, uh-huh. I actually have uh-huh. Audible credits backing up for the first time ever because it's taking uh-huh. me over a month to listen to <laughs> each. Yes, book. see, on Libby, I'm listening to mostly on Libby and then supplementing with Audible as I go. But with Libby, you have to listen to it in 21 days or it goes back. Oh shit! Because oh, that's the, the library. library. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that's, so it's, that's it, it really, use. really puts it's, some fire under your butt. That's like two hours a day for three weeks <laughs> unbroken. Yes. Like that's like, yes. you know, I've I truly am like, I, like, I, I'm sorry. I can't hang out with you. I have to listen to three hours of audiobooks a day. Dude, I'm at the gym bench pressing, like going for, uh, <laughs> and I'm listening to a fucking, you know, and Rand climbed down from his horse, you know, like Amienda's still not comfortable on a horse. It was the a Aimeelman. bay horse with white feet. Yes. The saddle style was European style saddle. They over explain every, I love it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I really like about another positive thing I like going off that like we keep meeting these people and they're making connections to like the winged guard the uh these yes. lances the uh the guardians whatever the uh, Amadi or whatever uh Rand's like dudes who can channel that he's training are like oh yes uh, I don't remember I don't but remember in the either, black tower the guys in the black tower the guys in the black tower like we keep adding these like factions and yes. then you also like you're like, this is cool. The good guys are building up their like squat, like again to unpack it into like video games. And fa- it's like yes. building your units on like uh right. Warcraft. We're squatting up. Yeah. We're doing we're a like, big, yes. like gathering uh, the longbowmen, gathering the wolves, gathering this the, is, Sean, this is yeah. the rogue contingent. They <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll send them in first for fun. These are our long right. distance guys like that shit. And now in book eight, we're hearing more about, the Sean Chan build like it was yes. mostly Trollocs as bad guys for a while. Yes, but now- there was a lot of Trollocs, and now it's like they can kill Trollocs so easily at this point. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, oh, we got it. Have you? Oh, have you met the Golem yet? Yes, I Golem oh, was just in book seven for the first time. Terrifying. Which, te- I thought the Gray Man was terrifying enough. Yes, it- the Gray Man is also terrifying because that's such a fun fantasy trope of like this guy is so boring that you cannot see him until he stabs you. It's based on an actual concept taught by like oh, really? counterinsurgency and like in the CIA and shit. It's oh, like wow. the gray man is referenced to a person who blends in like 
the ideal spy is like you know like uh-huh. a five nine man with like balding and like khakis like right. just, just like you wouldn't notice him at all like you exactly. send the flashy guy in to distract them because they're like that guy's definitely the spy yeah. he's telling everybody his real name and drinking martinis yeah and then the guy like, with the, the guy who looks like a substitute physics teacher is the one who's right. you know planting the fucking device that's yeah. like a fun uh retcon of james bond i feel like is like just pull the camera around 90 yeah, degrees there's a guy and you behind see him, that like, this guy is just like so it. boring like breaking into a safe while James Bond is doing a full car chase yeah right it's like, it's like okay now this idiot's off taking all of the minions to race a motorbike down the streets of Monte Carlo <laughs> that'd be really fun to write a series about uh, 001 through 006 who are like they do everything but They're 007 is like 007 the cross captain <laughs> has no idea that he's just there to be a distraction right he, he doesn't even know like, that 007 you did it again congratulations <laughs> thanks for driving your Aston Martin into a construction site you were able to distract the six guys yes. who were able to rescue the political prisoners that the whole mission is about <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah we got you we got an actor pretend to be some guy from Spectre so you guys will just make a big disaster yeah. while we Wow, How we, big is his scar? Bigger, make it bigger. <laughs> it's not believable that he's a bad guy. Can we make him Whoa. effeminate? Can we make? Can we have gay panic? <laughs> effeminate. <laughs> he's from Europe somewhere. Where? Unknowable. Just well, a, it, it has to be unknowable because accent. if we. If we know his country, we can't just kill a bunch of Spaniards. But if he's exactly. part of a rogue faction that oh, lives rogue in the faction, he wants yeah. to destroy the concept of Europe. He's uh, taking it down from the inside. The modern action movies do a, a terrible are a great. However, you I like the sort of blanket justifications. The modern act, they're like, uh-huh. and in this facility, it's overrun by exclusively a rogue faction of Afghanis. So you're not yes. killing citizens; you're killing no. Bad these guys. are these guys are a rogue faction. That you're allowed to kill a rogue faction anytime you want because i think that with hindsight and action doing action boys is really remind like so frequently we're like yeah that building definitely had civilians in it. like oh for sure every time it's just like well you killed like 800 people you just did a 9-11 in the middle of your movie yeah. And, and fa- the Fast away. and the Furious movies, since they play in that PG thirteen realm, and they yes. ha- and their guys can't be sort of vague antiheroes. They, they have to be. It's always like they, yeah, they the can't die. They, there's no blood, but right. there's a lot of guns and explosions. <laughs> yes, yes. And then it's like, don't worry, anyone left in that building is considered a terrorist. It's like, okay, <laughs> we got all the good guys out of there. Go in there and out. shoot whoever the fuck you want. It's like a video game. It's like, yes. shoot everybody. We'll figure shoot it out. Shoot everybody. Later. No consequences. We're family. So I, you you obviously have like six more books of, uh, or, you know, a few more books underneath your, uh, in, in rattling around your brain. Where do you think... Or or on the same lane, what do you want to happen down the road in, in the Wheel of Time series? Where do you oh, think? Oh, God. Where, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little sick of Rand. Yes. Um, I'm sick of Rand. I've been sick Rand of Rand for a like few books. Rand is like the least. I honestly like Rand. From the beginning, I was like, oh, we're following this guy. Uh, and then, then he goes kind of bonkers for a few books and it's like oh this is pretty fun that this guy is bonkers now he's back to not being bonkers again but kind of is but like he's he's, he's either sullen or bonkers and it's yes, kind of there's like there's no humor to him yeah he's like always um, worried about flipping out or he is flipping out and it's kind right. of frustrating after a while so yeah. like if he dies i'm not like gonna be sad about it 
Um, it would be yeah, would be he's fun like, for that. Frequently happens with uh, fantasy novels, though. Is like, yeah, the main right. character is fine, but I'm into like I, I love these four side characters. Like, I yes, mean, for and sure. Wheel of Time has you know sixty one yeah. side characters, arguably on the side of Rand, and that doesn't even begin to unpack the forsaken which i do not understand anything about i'm still like I'm oh. eight books in. i do not get how they work what they are doing <clears throat> i don't get how they work i don't know how many of them there are they seem there to like replenish any themselves onboarding with the forsaken they were just like the forsaken exist oh my goodness it's uh obsidian i can't remember any of their names oh me neither oh it's oh his, they're all his like skills are trickery how is that different from any of the others they're all of their skills are fucking trickery right i i, I do think we need like one prologue that's a big bad guy meme. yes you know what i mean like that would yes, be in a movie like, yeah which there there was in like book three or four or something but it was like the minions it was it was just like these but, are like a bunch of dark friends. There was no like, these are the 12 guys who are the heads of these things. And these are the right. specific things that they do. Because we're meeting so many of the the good side. Uh, yes. None of the, and we know that like the Trollocs are the bad guys, but they're not thinking on their own. They're clearly being no. led by these things called half men, which are then being clearly led by dark, yes. friends, which are then being led by blah, blah, There's to the forsaken infrastructure of the dark that is kind of opaque. Yes. Much like a real corporate infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. You don't That's know why who owns who. Pot and Fane can never be sued because of the system of yes, uh, exactly. dummy he, LLCs. He created that a running. new Pat and Fane that is suable. So that, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, Pat and Fane also has not been mentioned for like three books. I have no idea where he is. I think he's in Shonchan, but I don't really remember. Yeah. Like I, I know do that he... I remember he met with a guy and gave him some stuff. I don't remember what stuff that was. And then <laughs> like, that was the end of that. There's like, a lot, a lot going on with Pat and Fane. The white cloaks have been sort of out of the story for a couple of books for me now, but I do like oh, that yes. they exist. Cause you can so sort of see the bad squad being put together. Like you'll, and again, yes. don't worry about spoiling anything for me, but like Sean Chan, white cloaks, Trollocs, Forsaken. Yes. And then, where I'm assuming some more factions are going to join the bad guys. Yes, there's We're a couple more factions at this point. Of Hell like, yeah. Oh shit, these people are maybe bad. Oh, the um, the what you call it, the uh, the bad Aiel, the Aiel that don't go with Ukara oh, Khan. Yes. Yeah, that, um, it's I like remember what they're called. Sido. <laughs> the Sido, yes. Yeah, the Sido. Um, yeah, there's just like so many bits and pieces. I'm, I, I'm. I am excited. I didn't know that the last book was just a battle. That's that's exciting. what someone on, tweeted at me because I was like, like we joke about I it on I'm Action on book Boys. Eleven. Let Ooh. me look. Yeah, I think book I'm fourteen. I'm on the Gathering Storm, which is book. Yeah, I think eleven. Um. Wait, no, it must be twelve. Book twelve. Because it's Brandon Sanderson did the last three. Oh yeah, there's an yeah. introduction from him at the beginning of the book that's like he died. He gave me all of the information for the last book. It's three books. Sorry about it. Oh my god! Oh, so he was supposed <laughs> to just land it on twelve, and then he su surprising no one. Brandon Sanderson figured out. But I yeah. follow him on Twitter. Homie uh -huh. writes. He yes, he writes like every day. Thousands of words. It's, He's putting chapters down a day. 
Yes. It's, it's crazy. crazy. He, he talks about it. And I, I mean, yeah. that's probably part of his process in order to stay on task. But, and like, that's what his fans want to hear. You know, I yeah. put another 10,000 words into the Mistborn, put another 10,000. We're like, yes, keep like, it yes, coming. You did please. It. He's the only male fantasy writer that ever finishes ever, anything. Right, like those right. Name of the Wind books are not finished. Game of Thrones is not finished. No. Wheel of Time, the guy died. Brandon Sutterson had to finish it. There's <laughs> yeah. like other ones as well. Like I read all of these gentleman thief books and then like the next one of that has been supposed to have been out for like five years. Uh, and all of the tweets are like, working on it now. Sorry, guys. Definitely going to be out by November. November the comes of, nothing. The Name of the Wind uh, was one I remember. I, I think I, right, there's two out maybe. I feel there's like I- two out and then the third one, like he apparently wrote it and then threw it away and then started again. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which uh, is, all right, okay. I remember- reading the first one and the second one came out like while uh-huh. I was reading the first one and I was like, uh-huh. Oh yeah. And I powered through yes. one and two. And then I was uh-huh. like, when, yep. when is three? And then that was like oh, seven yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. I did that with game of Thrones. Um, when I was like 18, which is the right age to read game of Thrones because you kind of have to sacrifice your entire life. Oh, you should have seen me. I was fucking 23. Notes. I had notes. (laughs) I would be on the F train uh, with a 16 pound book. Like I'm holding, (laughs) I'm holding open like, you know, winds of time, whatever. And I'm like, okay, winds of war. All right. You know, like just huge fucking books. I, and I started reading them before Game of Thrones came out, which was something I'm very proud of due to recommendation from shout out Dan Meth, a animator used to work at College Humor stuff all the time back in New York, who's like, Oh, you read, I was reading a fantasy novel and he was like, uh-huh. oh, you read fantasy? You should read A Song of Ice and Fire. They're turning it into an HBO series and I really like it. And I was nice. like, oh, sick. I'll check that out next. And I'm reading it going, this book is so fucking fun. And little do I know what Game of Thrones will be. Like, yes, uh, it's let like the jocks read the nerds textbook. phenomenon. Yeah. I wonder if he'll ever finish those last two books because the Series it feels anticlimactic so yeah. <laughs> much that like I feel like we should give credit to those writers that they're really they did a really great job of adapting the books. Yes. It's just as soon as they didn't have anything to draw from, they fully shit the bed. But yeah. like let them adapt other things. They, they they did a great job. No one burned through more goodwill than Game of Thrones. Like somehow Truly. They had everyone was on board. And I think the ending is so they fucked the ending so hard that yes. people will not rewatch the series ever. Yes, I don't like for sure. And it's like, like I would I I have no desire to rewatch it. And it's, maybe they fucked the books out of people giving a shit about even uh the bookheads, like the readers. Yeah. They may even fuck. It's tough because like there's stuff in there that I'm like, if they had actually done this service and like set this up properly and instead of spending all of their time doing night shoots on battles, having actually people sit down and talk to each other and like work out their problems and then die when they're supposed to die. Right, <laughs> like, right. This could have been beautiful and fantastic. They just like forgot what it was that people were watching this show for, which was the people and not for the battle scenes. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like, um, you got Peter Dinklage on the fucking right. shelf over there. Bust him yes. out and let Tyrion 
talk. Give him a it's, monologue. He's Give the most charismatic monologue. human being a lot yes. on your show, potentially in reality. Just yes. fucking let the motherfucker go off. Uh, every move. female character was so interesting and so into and then the last season is just like all right everyone's just killing and dying and you're like yes. oh you're supposed to care about so and so and so it like right. so so disheartening it was so like yes and then they had all those battles and nobody died and it's like didn't this you're supposed to die this game of thrones yeah people, people have to die let no, me cry people- because somebody i loved died yeah, you guys killed fucking uh, Ned Stark in the beginning. Like, let's kill yes. him. We've and now you're so killing, like, some guy whose name I don't even remember that I'm like, the skinny guy with the thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't kill the skinny guy with the thing. Kill one of the ten people whose names I remember. Yeah, kill one of the... Fu- you're, you know you're ending the series. Just kill one of the yeah. big names. No, like, fucking yeah, cut matter. John Snow's head off. I don't give a fuck. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's not in the last episode. You can do a flashback with him. It's fine. Right. Everybody will be okay. Yeah, you don't have to pay homage to every single fucking character for crying no. out loud. Uh, that, that's what makes me very curious about the Wheel of Time series yes. is that it's even more unmanageable than Game of Thrones. Oh, and, yeah. It's really chunky. And um, they've re- they've and I- I'm curious. Please text me after if you finish the series. Yeah, I'm very I probably cur- will finish it. It just feels insane. You're like, where can they possibly go with this? I think I heard something that they're like recasting Matt because Matt's st- like, I, I, I fully oh, really? have no idea what's going on. Someone, How can uh, they recast Matt? I, Dude, Matt is barely in like the last couple of episodes and then they do like a weird long distance shot of him and they like leave him behind on one. Like, what? He, he gets hit by the dagger. So he's kind of like sick in bed for all of season right. one. And then at the yes. end, he like doesn't get spoiler. He doesn't get on the ways with the rest of them. Yes. And you're like. Well, also, Tom Merri- Merriman is not. No. And he's such. He's, he's like. He's, he's like, like the such Boba an integral Fett. part of the book. He <laughs> saves their life like 10 times. And he's and he's like the guy that like low key everyone likes when you read the book because it's like yeah. he's got like that Tom Bombadil Boba Fett energy of like you're in this world but you're you're cooler than the world right and, exactly that's like I'm choosing to be a gleeman I could kill if I wanted to yeah and I it, will if I have to yeah and also one of my favorite like tropes in almost all of narrative fiction is an unassuming guy who's lived an insane life that is like yes. gets to he he and. Tom Maryland's well-written. The character's well-written. It's He'll be like, he'll know some fact and it'll be from when he was like the courtesan to the right. king. Of a, <laughs> like he just knows so much. I, and like, to me, that's like the closest thing I have to a superpower is my ability uh-huh. to like hang with different people and keep a conversation going. And yes. it's like to see that in a bard type character. Like again, going back to D and D archetypes, yes. inserting a bard character is just a fucking and- I love a bard. I love playing a bard. I didn't play a bard for a long time in D&D because I was like, that's my real job. I don't, I don't need to do that. But then you, you start playing, it's like, wait, this class is really fucking strong. This class is so good. They can do so much. I can just I had insult to st- somebody and it, it's so devastating that they lose power. Yeah, it's fucking, it's a, a very, and Tom is so cool in that way. And he's like absolutely neutered. And, and also, I don't think I've seen him for three chap uh, three books right now. Like I feel like oh, he, yeah. he disappears in the middle for a while. Right now he's with Matt, but it's really more about Matt than it is about Tom. But they're getting ready to go and do a cool thing where I feel like it's gonna be more Tom than Matt. Oh, or see, at that's... least like 50-50. We'll see. 
And there's keys like Tom might be uh, Elaine's real dad. Like he yes. may have had an affair with more gays. Um, I'm not feeling out your face for if I'm right or not when I said that. You still I don't, don't know. know. I like, <laughs> exactly. but there's hints. There's hints. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. There's hints. <laughs> yeah, you're four books ahead of me, and they don't nail this. Down. That's the shit that drives me up a fucking wall about the. Yes. Like it. It's almost like when he's writing book four, he knows he's got to write ten more. So he's like, "Well, we could just spin yes. wheels for a little bit here." Yeah. Right, but he also didn't have to write ten more. He no. could have. He could have <laughs> written a trilogy. A trilogy is a classic. I, dude, talk about fantasy novels with any other fantasy novel head. Like you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, have you read blah blah blah? And it's like, how many books is it, and is it yes. complete? Like, yes. I, I don't want to get <laughs> on a have, series. I have to protect myself. Yes, I don't want to get on a series start, where I'm waiting for. I you. actually haven't read the Name of the Wind books yet because I know it's not finished, and so like when he finishes it, I'll read it because I can't wait oh, again. They're really good. They're like a. The format is a little Arabian Nights, like someone telling stories and flashing oh, back great. to them. But the story, uh, it's kind of Harry Potter adjacent there. He goes to like a school, but it's uh-huh. in a grittier real, like in a in oh, like cool. a kind of high fantasy world, not for kids. But he goes to a, a school to learn to be a, a magician. And it's fucking, it's, those are great. That was a real letdown when I couldn't get to a third book of that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Maybe there just won't be a third book. Who knows? Hey, who knows? He I seems highly... to be playing a lot of D and D, which <laughs> I not can't cool. Which, for. which we can both attest to is an insane time suck. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's like a oh, I just spent five hours going through one dungeon with my friends, and I ate a lot of queso, so that's yeah. my day. Oh, how was your sleep over at your friend's house? You you got there on Saturday morning and you got home on Sunday night and you were like, great, I'm level four. It's like, I what? Didn't yeah, sleep, I was there for 48 sleep. hours. <laughs> did nothing. <laughs> uh, speaking of gaining levels, we, Sivan and I, we have to go out. We have to grind. I have to, you know, get some uh, pelts. I have to get some experience and, yes. and come back. We'll record again after we've both completed the series, which is maybe one year from now, two years from now. <laughs> yes. We'll come back and record, and we'll both have completed the series, and then we'll be like, what, what skills and levels and equipment have you gathered in these last years? Yes. This will be us coming back together. I feel like it'd be together. fun to like build the D&D version of some of these characters as well. Like, How would oh, we yeah. build Tom Marilyn? How, do we, how would we build... Yeah. Or high dex, or... high charisma for uh, right. Marilyn, high dex. Right? Yeah, he's. I mean, he is the full bard, dex, charisma. Like maybe even like wisdom or intelligence. One like of something. those sword bards, like sword dancer bards. Yes, because he he's but a like, little dagger boy. Uh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like make it. Maybe he has like two levels of rogue. Yes, because I feel I like, like he could sneak attack just by being like nobody expects him to attack because he's wearing that like Lehman's cloak. Right, right, right. I like that. Yeah, and Matt, Matt is maybe like a a, a fighter rogue of some sort. Yes, like yeah. yeah, I feel like he's rogue, and then he gets his like memories, and then he gets like battle master fighter. Yeah, so he has yes. all of those like bonus actions where he can tell other people what to do. 
Right. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know a lot of the new rules, so this is also thrilling oh, to yeah. hear for that Battle reason. Oh, yeah. Battlemaster Fighter is a rad class. It's really fun. Oh, that's cool. I got to fucking yeah. buy the books again and just read them like I did when I was 12. Just yes. thumbing through them, memorizing. <laughs> oh, look at this fucking what? monster. Yeah. Oh, it's got three heads. Fucking disgusting. For second edition AD&D, I, like, I think it's like <laughs> saving throws is on page 101. Uh, like, I, like, I can oh, write- my God. I can like I those books were my livelihood from like seventh through like eleventh grade like I lived off wow. of them, uh, yeah. So uh, Rand is probably a uh, a wizard who gets sword master. Like he's got a, yeah, he's got there, the sword master. There's a sword master wizard. There's also an eldritch knight in five e. So maybe he's but his his magic is so strong. Yeah, so he's sort of magic he's forward like, now. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it's like maybe he's actually like a wild magic sorcerer. Because he doesn't have full magic, control, yeah. Right, exactly. Like, you have to roll to see if some fucked up magical thing happens every time you do a spell. Yeah. And so, like, Lan is, a, Lan is like a ranger in that, yes, in that world. Most of the waters sure. feel to be like that. Maybe some of them are more fighter-centric than ranger-centric, but I think that's the world right. they live yeah, in. Right, yeah, some of the, like, their base levels are ranger, but, like, some of them have levels in other things. Yeah. Right, and then... uh Perrin is maybe a fighter, a lycanthrope fighter, or uh, you know, yeah. like, he, he's sort yeah, of like a, a cliche, like maybe high... he's a barbarian. Maybe I think that's like a path of the wolf barbarian. There you go. I was gonna say he's like some sort of tank. He's you know, yes. he's like a, a damage. Yeah, because he's such a burly boy. Every yeah. every every time he's introduced, is like he's so thick. He's like a big boy. I know. Tall I... and. And oh, the arms. second they announced Wheel of Time, I was like, man, I would love to play Perrin. I have the beard. <laughs> I have the thickness. <laughs> but I'm 25 years older than he yes. is in the book. So no nice. <laughs> It's fine. It's Hollywood. We can fudge it. They just have one 39-year-old friend. <laughs> and is Nynaeve a battle cleric of some sort, right? Because her ma- yeah, she's like healing she's center. Yeah. Um, but she, she's just aggressive. So maybe I'm just... She's a healer who... Is who, like, who just has to get angry. Just a bitch, yeah. She's so mean. Nynaeve is so unnecessarily mean in a way that's like, you got to give her more than one note, my dude. Dude, it makes you, I'm, I hate her. Like, yes, she's, but in a way that's like, I hate him for writing her in this way. Yes. It's like. I understand that she's a character created by this dude, but she yes. is like a cliche. The, we call it like, in writing like i call it a fun stopper like yeah she's just like and i understand you do need like a cat like she was the adult voice early on in the group yes but now she just has nothing good to say ever by book eight they've been together or not together for a year yes. plus at this point you've like, got to trust these people to be competent thank you it's you're just like, like all right Egwene, you're, the Ar- you're the armalin seat you are insanely skilled in magic i'll just <laughs> say okay this one fucking yes, time this one uh, fucking time. Is the dragon reborn you've now been <laughs> out of two rivers longer than you were in two rivers yes just fucking get over it dude <laughs> truly and like she she does have that energy of like with the uh, I was the wise one from uh, the two rivers. It's it's a bit like you graduated already. Like, yes, y- you have to stop telling people you went to Harvard. It's not. Right. It made sense when we were all in high school, two rivers, and right. you came to visit and be like, "I'm the wisdom Harvard." But now. Right. 
now we're out in the real world. This is a writer's right. room. We all Every, have jobs. <laughs> you all have the same jobs. Yes, you yes. went to Harvard, but I went to, a but few of also, you went to NYU. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, NYU. But like, we all have the same job, so it doesn't matter actually if if you're- Yeah, stop pulling the Harvard that. card. Stop pulling your braid and stop pulling the wisdom card. Let's go. Oh my God, the pulling the braid. It, that is that is a piece of writing by somebody who has never had a braid. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Well, the writing is thoroughly by someone who has, has not had an extended conversation with a woman with a woman ever in his life. <laughs> yes, um, but I mean, he does a better job with women than most fantasy writers, which again is a low bar. Oh my god! But, Hell yeah! Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, that, it's not it's, a world you're going to. But I do like that that is being addressed constantly with like new yes. fantasy that people are like, all right, well, like I read uh, the first book of the Broken Earth trilogy, the N.K. Jemisin yes, book. Yes, I, I was like, those books. Oh, I know. I got to read the other two. But the first one was just like eye opening for me. I was like, yes. oh, my God, this book has like. I don't think any white people in it. Mostly, yeah. uh, like you know, there's like tr straight up trans characters that are like. Mm -hmm. It's like this fucking rules, and it it's, rules. It's fantasy. It's so exciting <laughs> to like. It it feels so fresh, and it's it's one of those like yeah, this is this is why we need diversity, not because of like. Just. It, because it's quote unquote the right thing. Yeah, it's exactly. There's new stories. Like I, I've read all of the magical farm boy books. I've read them. There's yeah. no way that you can do it new for me. I need somebody else's perspective. Yeah, I white, square jawed, broad shouldered male yes. with a, a horse and armor. I've seen right. millions of He's times. Like raised by a shepherd, but is actually a prince. Right, exactly. I was found here years ago. Yes. And then oh. uh, Broken Earth is like. A nomadic society, like it's not even—it's yes. like broken out of the Anglo, the the Western Europe energy of fucking uh, high fantasy. Yes. It's just like blown up. It's like desert, where you know, it's like ah, oh. and it's uh, on base level. It's they're just small, minor location and setting choices that completely, completely put you in a whole new change world. It. Yeah, it, it it. I loved those books so much. It. To the point where I've bought them like five times because I keep on giving them away to people. Hell yeah. I like to hear I mean, that. You must read these. They're so I'm, good. I'm a book giver awayer as well. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. I, I finally have real bookshelves in my house and putting all my books there, I realized like, oh, none of the books that I actually love. I have to go and buy all of the books that I love. Yeah, the ones you because. don't give away. I my bookshelf is mostly books I haven't read yet because yes. like if I've read it and I liked it, I've given it to someone, and yes. if I if I've read it and don't liked it, I'm like, I eh, just put it back yeah, on the just, shelf. Okay, yeah, I'll I check I you out later. <laughs> give it to charity when I get right. my shit together. And when I have too much shit here, I'll make one box out. and drop it off. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, well, Siobhan, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty and talking Wheel so of Time helpful. with me. This is so fucking wild. <laughs> To finally run into someone else who's... I know, we're going through the same weird process at the same time. Thank you for all three people who listened yes. to the whole of this <laughs> <Yes>. podcast. <laughs> I put like two and a half hours. I was like, oh, I should try to get as far ahead. And it's like, yesterday I put two and a half hours of listening in like while I was doing uh -huh. errands. And I'm like, this doesn't help the conversation at all. I've learned at like all. one piece of information yes. in two and a half hours at 1.1 yes. speed. <laughs> <laughs> Siobhan where can shitheads uh, find you or check out stuff you're doing oh, uh, if you had anything you wanted to plug uh, watch Dimension 20 um, I 
uh, it's a D&D actual play show. You can watch the first season on YouTube and then the rest is behind the paywall. Hell um, yeah. But I think it's good enough to spend the money on it. Um, Fuck yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not, I sort of have taking a social media break. Hell yeah. I'm bad jealous. for my brain. I'm jealous. like vaguely on it, but I'm at Vaughty Tom if you want to follow me. If I ever come back, who knows? Um <laughs> Great. And I don't know, maybe you'll see me on the streets of LA on my sad little mental health walks that we're all doing to keep your stop eyes peeled from going crazy a- <laughs> from COVID. If there's a woman dressed like the green Aja uh, going on a <laughs> mental health walk, just Full say hi. Full braid, like jeweled. Tugging Stop. on my braid the entire walk <laughs> with such anger and harumphing. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm She's so like harumph the shit. character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, harumph personified into fucking naive. <laughs> hmm. Oh, and wait till you see what they mar- they marry Sue the shit out of Na- uh, Nynaeve in the in the series too. Oh yes, yeah. She's just instantly super powerful or whatever. Yes. It's, oh it's- well, except suddenly there's people who are as powerful as her, and she doesn't like it. <laughs> of course, because <laughs> Nynaeve doesn't like anything that happens. Anything. In these- <laughs> she doesn't like it. She loves Lan. She's mean to him a lot. Yeah. Well, she that's does she doesn't know anything him. else. She yeah. loves him. I don't know if she likes him. Yes. <laughs> Uh, thank you for God. Highly recommend. We, I know it sounds like we maybe don't, I but know. enjoy. <laughs> We've been roasting it, but we do love it. Well, it feels like we're allowed to, like, you know, we're yes. like hundreds and hundreds of hours in. It's like, yes. this is we've, my we've office. Our, we have yeah. our diploma. Yeah. It's our hometown now. We can shit on yes. Tolman head a little bit. We get exactly. it. We, we grew up here. <laughs> you were, you merely adopted it. We were born in it. Well, uh, we were born in Tolman head. <laughs> Um, thanks again, Siobhan. I'm at Gabrus on all social media. Check out my other podcast, Action Boys, every Monday night live on Spotify Greenroom. I'm hosting the Movie Buff, where we're talking about weekly movies that uh, movies that came out that weekend. And I think that's everything I've got going on for now. Bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's got a lot of heart. Immensely irregular. Now, somewhere... Somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. 
To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it! Come on! Do it now!